This is The Structuring Podcast. Good day, viewers. Welcome back. And this is episode 31 of The Structuring Podcast. Today, we're going to continue on the topic of structuring for shares. And specifically, we're talking about structuring a loan for the purchase of shares. Okay, in the last episode, episode 30, we found that interest can be deductible when you borrow to buy shares if those shares are expected to produce income. So as explained there, where you are borrowing to buy shares, where some of those shares produce income and some do not, it's important to try and segregate those two parcels of shares into different loans. So loan A, you could just solely use that to buy the income-producing shares. Loan B, you would just use that solely for the non-income-producing shares. If you don't do that, you'll have a mixed loan and you will need to apportion the interest between those two parcels of shares. When borrowing against property to buy shares, you should also just have a, a separate split. So ideally, you wouldn't use redraw on the main residence without splitting it. So let's say Homer had a $400,000 loan. He paid the limit down to three hundred. dollars 100000 is available in redraw. If he wants to borrow that for shares, he can just take it out. But ideally, he should split the loan first. That way, it won't be a mixed loan and he'll be able to keep his offset on the non-deductible portion. He won't have to apportion the interest manually. He'll just be able to claim the interest on the whole 100000 assuming that it was solely used to buy income-producing shares. Also, where some shares are going to be purchased in different names, it's important to split the loan there as well. So let's say Homer was borrowing hundred grand, and he was going to use fifty grand to buy shares in his name, and fifty grand to buy shares in Marge's name, his wife. So what Homer should do there is split the hundred grand loan into two fifty-thousand-dollar splits. And the reason to do that is at a later date, he might have an offset on one of those accounts and where there's two spouses on different incomes, it's probably best to have the offset account on the spouse's loan with the lowest income. So if Marge isn't working, they would store their savings in the offset on that split against Marge's loan. And similar where there are going to be trusts or companies involved. So if Homer is going to borrow part of that money and then have a trust use it, so let's say instead of Marge owning 50000 worth of shares, Homer sets up a discretionary trust which will own the 50000 He should still split it then because there's a different use with a different taxpayer on the end of it. So without splitting it, it'd be a mixed loan similar to him and Marge. So it's important to split that loan. And because Homer is a different tax entity to the trust, Homer is the one borrowing, so the trust will not be able to claim the interest because it hasn't incurred the interest. So to get around that little hurdle, Homer would enter into a written agreement on arm's length terms so that he can on-lend the money to the trustee of the trust. And I've gotten a few private rulings on this, and the ATO have said, where there's no written agreement, they'll deny the interest deductions. And also where Homer is both the lender and the borrower, so Homer sets up a trust, he's the trustee, Homer would effectively be lending money to himself, albeit in a different capacity. 
So in those situations as well, the ATO has previously said in a private ruling that there must be a written loan agreement between Homer and Homer as trustee. So when borrowing to buy shares, you've got to split the loan based on the use and split the loan based on the end investor. If it's a spouse, split it. If it's a trustee, split it. If it's a company, split it. And even if you are the sole person investing, if you're investing in some shares that pay dividends and some don't, you need to split the loan then as well. However, if you are the sole borrower and you're investing in different parcels of shares, let's say um, you buy 100 grand's worth of shares in five different banks, in those situations, there's no need to split the loan because the ATO have said that if one of the parcels of shares are sold, the borrower can notionally pay back that portion of the loan, even though it's a split loan. So for example, let's say Homer buys 50,000 worth of ANZ shares and 50,000 worth of CBA shares. If at a later date Homer sells the $50,000 worth of CBA shares, he might sell them for 70 grand. That parcel of shares is notionally separated in the ATO's eyes. So Homer could take 50000 from the sale of those shares and just put it in the loan, even though the loan is technically a mixed loan and it has been used for two purposes. The ATO will consider that the repayment only comes off the portion of the loan that was used for the CBA shares. All right, that's it for this week. And... Thank you for joining us and we'll see you again next week. You've been listening to The Structuring Podcast. Check out the show notes for today's episode at www.structuring.com.au forward slash podcast.